0: This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where every week we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by answering important questions like, oh, whoa, you never saw Love and Basketball, or- You seriously never saw Waitress, or- How Have You Not Seen Trainwreck? everyone to the final installment of love month and have you not seen i'm your co-host carson that's and i am your other co-host caroline thompson uh, and this right here's movie podcast where every week one of us picks a movie that the other hasn't seen we talk about
1: it and we go gonna watch the movie and then we talk about it some more it's gonna be a
0: fucking train wreck
1: it, it always is but this week that is a topical way to describe it
0: all right so i'm gonna be very forthcoming. Let's part the curtain here, right? Yeah, let's do it. We planned the season. Uh-huh. We planned it. We were like, okay, we got it mostly in place. We got the rough planning done. We started working on Love Month. I had not chosen a fourth movie. Correct. So I chose it today. Yes. Yeah. So we were at like, dinner. So I was like, last year we did Love Month. I was very proud of kind of the the, the arc of it. You know, I was like, all right, these are four good, you know, kind of, I It's like I It was like, I, I, I kind of figured out Trainwreck and I was like, oh, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It's an insane way to end, end Love Month, though. Yes, because yeah. love is insane, and love is you know? a train
1: wreck, or at least our love lives are. But um, so. wow, thanks.
0: Well, I really appreciate your uh, <laughs> not to speak for you. Hey, who you for knows? Blowing me up on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I blew both of us True. up. Also, who
1: knows? By the time this episode drops,
0: I could be married. I mean, if you're a character could, to Nancy Meyers I was still. about to say, I was about to say, I was like, Amanda <laughs> Peet, I could be married and pregnant at this point lately. <laughs> oh, God. Um. So, okay, let's get into it. Trainwreck, how have you not seen Judd Apatow's Amy Schumer's Trainwreck?
1: That's a really good question, because I have been meaning to watch this movie yeah. for a very long time. When this film came out, it was a bit of a sensation. Yeah. And I heard nothing but great things. Yeah. And it was on Netflix for a long, long time, and I never fucking watched it. And I don't have much else to say other than I kept hearing it's good and I kept saying, yeah, I need to watch that one. But then a few, but then like two years went by and Amy Schumer didn't like get cancelled because I don't think, because I mean like there's a yeah. whole controversy about her like stealing jokes or whatever, but yeah. like beyond that, it was less that, like, she did something fucking terrible and more everyone's like, eh, actually, she sucks.
0: We don't like her yes, anymore. Yes. The culture said, we've yes. had enough of this. This is the thing that we were sitting at dinner tonight. I was trying to decide what <laughs> what movie we were going to talk about when we got back to my apartment. Yes. And it was the thing that I landed on. I was like, this is interesting. One, I've been trying to think of an excuse to talk about Jet Aptow on this podcast for a year and a half. Yes. Two, I was like, is there... A star that holds a kind of weirder place in the public conscious than Amy Schumer. Because in 2015, when this movie comes out, Meteoric Rise, uh, major sensation, everybody's seemingly a fan of her. Nowadays, <laughs> we're all just like, ah, that was a phase. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in high school. Well, like, it's, right. I mean,
1: okay, it is, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more later in the back half, but like with Amy Schumer, it is kind of, I mean, okay, this is a, a very weird comparison to draw, but I think it is a I think it's a very apt one. This film is twenty fifteen. Yeah, Inside Amy Schumer is like a year or two before this. Yes. This is coming out the same time that Hamilton is, and it's a very like Fuck. late Obama era relic of yeah. like guys, we've solved inequality. Yeah, like inequality, like like oppression, social justice, We're all a thing quite... of the past. We have a rap musical about the Founding Fathers. We have a woman comedian who, guess what? Where all these male comedians get up on stage and talk about their dicks. We've got a woman who is on stage talking about not only her genitals, she's talking about her vagina. Whoa! And it's like, and it was this very, like, late-stage Obama-era, like... We've solved it, like you know, <laughs> millennials and their brunch yeah. kind of humor.
0: And then, guess what?
1: And then the looming specter of fascism said, We're Gonna loom a lot harder and gonna be a lot less of a specter. This movie
0: came out July, July of 2015. That's what, like a week before Trump announces his candidacy exactly. Like, yeah,
1: and then everything got a lot angrier. And everything got a lot more cynical and a lot more bitter. And I'm not saying necessarily that Amy that Schumer Amy should have been cat No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not saying that her entire career maybe should have been a casualty of that. I'm just saying we decided, hmm, in the next couple years... Uh, it's really likely that uh, Roe v. Wade gets overturned, yeah. so maybe we didn't solve feminism by a woman going "My v, v- vagina" and now, on stage. Seven years
0: later, it's still 2016. Um, yeah, so what it's do just you? 2016, part seven. Yes. What do you know about Trainwreck? <laughs> I know that it is a
1: film. Yes. About That's Amy true. Schumer, and exactly. not like literally her, but like she is the lead. Her life, I assume her love life, but mm. also her life is a train wreck. Mm. I know her co star, her co lead is Bill Hader. Um, and I also know that either she or Bill Hader, one of their characters is in like the sports media world. And so there's a lot of athletes in this film. And like the third lead of the film is LeBron James. Arguably, yes. And I remember hearing at the time, like, initially lebron james was just gonna be a cameo because like he was the biggest athlete in the world at the time yeah and then they like actually started working with him and he was actually apparently incredibly funny and he's incredibly funny talented and, he's really and so they like beefed up his role um and other than that i don't really know I assume Bill Hader and uh Amy Schumer are love interests for one another I That's would great. assume That's um and I know the poster is her giving the hold on one second thing to the to the camera while she drinks. Alcohol out of a brown paper bag and a yellow dress and Bill Hader's peeking around the side. Who could imagine? Who could imagine? Who could imagine? Uh, The only beverages I've ever had are nice champagne flutes at my husband's uh, work. And martinis. Yes, and martinis. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's all I really know about the film Trainwreck, to my knowledge. Okay.
0: All right. If that is the case, we're going to move into our game. I... Do and recast it. it this is, a mu- in a very weird way, much like the Ice Storm, Insane, insanely difficult for me to narrow it down to five people in this cast. Love it. It's fucking stacked, this cast. Read you a couple of other names in this cast. Just briefly. You ready? Okay.
1: You got fucking... I'm
0: fucking waiting. Method Man's in this. Oh! Randall Park. Okay. John Glazer, David Tell. Ezra Miller. Vanessa Bayer. Colin Quinn. <laughs> no, i can't say that when we're doing that one brie larson
1: mike Bur- mike Bur- mike oh wait and these are all people that we are not touching in recap yeah, we're not
0: touching in oh Rikustik. wow okay yeah daniel radcliffe is in this movie oh my god marissa tomei is daniel oh radcliffe. my god uh, daniel and we're, not touching, we're not touching any of these we're not touching any of these daniel, daniel wow. radcliffe actually an incredible bit in this movie you will see matthew broderick is in this movie and we're not touching him not enough. touching him Not touching him. Wow. Leslie Jones, Pete Davidson, Josh Segura, all these people that, you know... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll use later. Jim Norton, Nikki Glaser. Wow. you ready for the actual five that we're going to be recasting today? Yes. For those of you at home, if you've not heard us play this game before, I've chosen... Usually it's the five top-billed actors. This time I've kind of just chosen the two top-billed and then the other three I thought were the most interesting. Caroline is going to have to, having not seen this movie, try and figure out a different actor who'd be a good casting in the role. And then we're going to watch the movie, and when we come back, we're going to talk about if that would work, basically. Yes. And so, frequently, because I have not seen this fucking movie, frequently, it's the choices are quite bad. Insane. So we're going to start off hot. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> 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 Face right now is really good. Okay.
1: Yes. Tilda Swinton. Uh, what is her character's name?
0: Oh, yes. Uh, Tilda Swinton is the name of her character. Tilda Swinton is playing Diana.
1: As Diana. Diana. Okay. Fuck. Um, and this is what, 2014? 2015.
0: 2015. Uh, so Snowpiercer just came out. I yes. Think the same year as this.
1: So the whole thing about Tilda Swinton is she is quite literally incomparable. Yes. There is, there is no person. like <laughs> no one Tilda Swinton. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't, can't say, give me a Tilda Swinton type. No, you say, exist. you either say like, I would like Tilda Swinton in this role or I need somebody I need really to rewrite good. this. Yes. Um, so I am just going to go with somebody from 2015 that, uh. Pretty considerably younger than Dilda Swinton, but I think is also just as visually striking every time I see her on screen. I'm gonna say Elizabeth Debicki. Okay, much younger than yeah, but I mean, Widows was 20 20- something also, like, that. Yeah, like 2016,
0: 2017. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, okay,
1: okay. Guardians Volume 2 was about this time. One of yeah. the first times I would have seen Elizabeth Debicki in like a prominent role. She was very, she was very gold, She's very but- gold, very mad, very gold. Number
0: two. Playing the character Stephen. Okay, John Cena. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even see him coming. No, I didn't. Yeah,
1: and uh, because we are just discussing it in the hypothetical, I still can't see him. Um, thank you. Uh, let's see, John Cena. Hmm, what is John Cena's John Cena's kind of on-screen persona anymore? I'm thinking very peacemaker, very like. Like, too dumb and too cocky almost to function, but like also kind of with like maybe not quite a heart of gold, but at least like a heart of bronze. Let you me know? tell you,
0: let me tell you, because I, I will, and we'll talk about this in the second half, because John Cena actually does have a fairly decent role in this movie. Okay. Because I, th- I think with Peacemaker, we've kind of arrived at like, ah, yes, that is John Cena's on screen persona. I yes. Think that is like. But he's not quite landed at that yet. No. Okay. In in 2015, the four movies that John Cena are in, train wreck okay sisters which is the, the tina fey amy poehler comedy oh yeah, yeah daddy's home okay and the flintstones and wwe stone age smackdown that is quite literally not a movie the um, two movies the two biggest movies he was in before that uh, the marine the marine and fred the movie jesus christ yeah. wow so John, oh how is... far
1: he has come in the yes, last not yes, even full exactly. decade yeah. um i'm just gonna go with channing tatum okay I think that's a good, I think that's a a halfway decent. That's a
0: very solid choice. It's a very solid choice. Now, before we get to our two leads. Elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. (laughs) And I will say this. Or should I say the goat in the room? The goat in the room, the
1: greatest of all time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not the goat. I don't really have a strong opinion (laughs) because I I don't care about basketball.
0: This really is me setting you up to fail. (laughs) (laughs) Playing the character of LeBron James. (laughs) LeBron James.
1: Um, Bugs Bunny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's got to be a real person. It <laughs> is a very be roundabout be joke. Can't be Bugs uh, Bunny. Can't be Michael Jordan. Okay, but what is? But is Michael Jordan not a real person? No, but he's no. But okay, you got to choose a Hollywood actor, not not so not just someone who was in a Space Jam.
1: Okay, I'm gonna make sure that this is too the easy. Right. I'm gonna make sure that this is the right person because okay. I I do believe this is the right person. But is there a? Well, because I'm just thinking athletes. Um, and I have not seen this myself, but a friend of mine talked to me about a comedian that they saw on a TV show. And I said, who is six foot nine inches tall. Yes. And I said, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. I was talking with a friend and she asked if I had seen the Murderville episode uh, which is Will Arnett's like yeah. half improv show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, there's this really good episode with this guy, this comedian named Marshawn Lynch. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, do you mean the football player Marshawn Lynch? And she was like, is he I a football that. player? I
0: love that so fucking much. She was like,
1: is he a football player? And and I know, I know you listen to the podcast, so I'm saying this fully out of love, my dear friend and fellow Pisces, who I will not name on air because yeah. I have not, uh, I did not know I was going to be invoking you. But, um... Yes. Fuck. But according to my friend, apparently Marshawn Lynch is a very,
0: very, Marsha very... Marshawn Lynch is fucking hilarious. Very good comedian. Here's doctor. the thing about Marshawn Lynch is that he's... I mean, I'm not a big football fan. Probably a better actor than he is a football player. (laughs) So I'm going with Marshawn Lynch. That's a great answer. No joke. I'm telling you right now, you win. Okay. If they they made a movie, if next year they said, we're doing a movie about professional basketball, there's going to be a scene where Marshawn Lynch plays LeBron James. Okay. I would be there opening night that's okay. the funniest thing I've ever heard of
1: in my life okay so see in my brain oh, we are that's rewriting the so script good. we are
0: rewriting the script a little bit to be Marshawn Lynch's Marshawn oh, Lynch fuck no this is but Marshawn I will, Lynch playing LeBron James I will go with Marshawn Lynch's LeBron James that's so funny and they bring him out and he clearly <laughs> looks like Marshawn Lynch they have not cut his hair at all oh it's so good okay let's get to our two leads okay this one also I think these two leads are kind of weird to ke- weird
1: yeah ones. kind of setting me up to fail because they are kind of i mean the I whole thing with comedians at, at this people. level is it's all about like they are that person yeah, yeah. so
0: so this is a uh, uh, bill hater it's dr Aaron connor's hater bill hater acclaimed comedic actor writer director
1: yes showrunner yeah i i watched all of barry this past Fucking summer great show uh Fucking it great. was it was wonderful Really excited for the next yeah. and final season. No idea what's
0: going on in that. Se- I'm very glad they're ending it,
1: though. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it is getting it's an
0: unsustainable premise. Yes, very good, but it's an unsustainable premise. Yes,
1: um, yeah, the first season of Barry, where it's just kind of like a a quirky sitcom, I was kind of like, yeah, I could do this for ten years. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then they the go last full the like psycho like of the season one
0: yeah. of Barry happens, and you're like,
1: oh, <laughs> yeah, it goes and it gets like full like psychodrama. Yeah. Um, so Bill Hader. And that's the thing, is Bill Hader is so fucking versatile. LeBron James. Um, no. Uh, I'm just trying to think. This is probably a very bad choice. But I'm just thinking of people who had good indie dramedies Mm -hmm. around this
0: time. Something Skeleton skeleton Twins-esque.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I'm gonna go with because I am thinking of a film we talked about over dinner tonight, mm-hmm. The Big Sick. Mm. I'm gonna say Kamel Nanjiani. Okay, that's huh. my take. That's interesting. That's a different movie. It sure is, that's but that's movie. that's kind of
0: replacing Bill but Hader. I, it's not that I don't. I, mean, I, gotta, I gotta rewatch. That. I'm gonna rewatch that movie with that in my brain and see if like, yeah. ah, that if that passes muster. Um, okay. You, you know yeah. her. Apparently everyone has pretty mixed fucking feelings about her.
1: <laughs> Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. We all oh, got inside her. Gosh, yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. Um, Amy Schumer, um, the woman who solved inequality in <laughs> comedy. I mean, do you just go with Kristen Wiig? Do you just go with kind of like the preeminent like female comedic actress of that of that era and still kind of going to today, do you just go, Kristen I mean, Wiig, is can. that too easy? I mean, you can.
0: It's possible. You can. Hey, that's a choice yeah. you can make if you want to make that choice.
1: You know what? I'm going to go with it. It's a safe choice, but I am going to go with Kristen Wiig. Alright.
0: How oh, do you Spell the name Wiig. Alright, got it written down. Alright. This cast <sighs> is so fucking stacked. Fucking Allison Brie. No, or I or love Alison Brie. Brie. Did I say Alison Brie? You Brie didn't. Larson. You did, Brie oh, Larson. Bree Larson. Brie Larson. You did say Brie Larson. Two actresses, very dissimilar people, but who I always mix up because of the Brie mm. name.
1: That'd be a good Wheel of Fortune name. puzzle.
0: Alison Brie Larson. Mm, it would be. It's a little short. But. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Well, given that, are you ready? Yes, Figure go watch Trainwreck. Train Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Did you know that I'm, I'm just finding this out now. Did you know that uh, Amy Schumer has a fucking Tony Award? Best actress in a play? No. Because she was the debut in Meteor Shower? Huh. Yeah. Good for her. Weird. Good for her. Didn't know that. Huh. All right. Well, we're going to talk about her a lot when we come back. All right. Let's go watch Trainwreck. Choo-choo. Chugga-chugga-choo-choo.
1: We're back. Yes, we are. Train wreck.
0: I, an, appro- an appropriately named movie? Question mark.
1: I don't know because there's <laughs> no trains. There's not a single. There train. There is no train. But that um, is the most
0: the most disappointing part of this film is that there are no trains in it.
1: There's not a single train. Um, no, yeah, a pretty one. a pretty a pretty appropriate uh, title. If I, if I if I do say so myself,
0: I I have a hot take by this movie. Are you ready? Uh, yeah, it's maybe not that hot. Honestly, we kind of talked about this going into before. Not that hot. I have, notwithstanding the fact that I have not seen The Bubble, because that's not a real movie. It doesn't exist. I think Mm -hmm. if you bring it up on Netflix, it's just like blank screen. This is like my least favorite Jet Apatow movie by a pretty, pretty big margin.
1: Really? Yeah. Have you seen
0: This Is 40? Yeah, This Is 40 is boring, but it's better than this.
1: Okay, I I'll grant yeah. you I'll grant you that. Um, I haven't seen This Is Forty in forever, and honestly, I don't even know if I've ever seen it all the way through. But I know yeah. I've, seen, or like in one go because it's mm-hmm. weirdly extremely fucking long. It is very, very all of uh, Judd Apatow's yeah. movies are
0: so fucking long. Yes, I mean it's like, and most of them are fine. You don't feel the length that much, Mm-mm. but I, yeah, I, This it, Is Forty is the one that feels the lengthiest. I think that is yeah. true. And I
1: think it actually is, but yeah, the way they're all like subtly just over two hours, it's like yeah, it's like my dude. Um, but overall I like this movie. Like it's good. Yeah, it is it is good. Yeah. Um I mean, like at the end of the day, I laughed a lot. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, it is a comedy and it made me laugh with its jokes quite a bit.
0: So it's very true. There are good jokes. We're gonna talk about it more in depth. We gotta uh, get more into the Amy Schumer at all too, because I I I do think that the central character of this movie is its greatest weakness.
1: Uh, okay. Would you would you, agree, would
0: you agree with this statement? Because I th- I think so.
1: I mean, no. Okay. But okay. I, I mean I mean it's one of those things where it's like, it's a classic story about like. Someone who sucks learning to not suck. So like, yeah, she sucks, but like uh, that's kind of necessary. Um, but like I will say, uh speaking of which, as a as a timestamp of when we're recording this, uh Amy Schumer was on a Super Bowl app last night. Really? Yes. I don't oh. remember what it was for, but I was watching Super Bowl with my roommate, who I also watched this movie with, and we were like trying to track, we're like what happened with amy schumer and the general consensus we kind of came to was just that like she sucks and people don't like her and she has had many many small controversies none of which are like horrendously so bad that like uh like horrendously so bad that it's like oh my god she committed crimes against people like Mm -hmm. like you know she should be prosecuted but like she just generally she just kind of like sucks and kind of like faded from the spotlight because people just kind of stopped liking her but we were discussing that as we were watching the movie trying to figure it out and then we were watching the super bowl and i just pointed at the screen and i started yelling she's back she's back look and my roommate like looked at the screen and was like what and she's like is that amy schumer i'm like it is god and we had just watched this movie like two days before
0: she is having a bit of a resurgence, which I I don't know if I mentioned specifically, but it was one of the reasons that I was kind of thinking about this movie before. I think that we we were talking about doing this at dinner. And I think I had mentioned, like, yeah, she was just on SNL. She had that HBO documentary come out last year, mm-hmm. I believe, about her pregnancy. Um yeah, and she's kind of she's kind of come back into it. She had like a dark maybe four years there, but I will say it's weird. Like I'm I'm just looking through a Wikipedia page. She was one of Time's 100 Most Influential People in 2015, the year that this movie came out. That was also the year that like, Inside Amy Schumer, I think, was on its second season. Yes. Yeah. And like, I don't know. So yeah, she's coming back. It's it's very odd. Um, We do have a game to get back to. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what game we played? Yes, I remember we played. We cast it. <laughs> Yes, we did. Uh, yes, we did. A very weird game of recast. It. That I actually, I think you did very well on. I think this is a very sane game of recasting.
1: Yeah, I think so too, but let's go through it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first one, Tilda Swinton, you were cast as Elizabeth Debicki. I... Yeah. Per- perfectly fine. Works. Not as good as Swinton.
1: No, nowhere near. Because, no. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways to use Tilda, Tilda Swinton, and this is unhinged character actor, yeah. Tilda Swinton, um, which, like, is kind of, like, there's always a tinge of that. However, like, like, kind of weird, very, like, kind of weird, but, like, very put together and, like, very, like, poised Tilda Swinton is different than, like, absolutely unhinged, shitty spray tan, like, she was wonderful in this. It oh, was she's one so of those, funny. It was one of those things where it's like, I got like five minutes into that first scene before I was like, holy shit, that's Tilda Swinton.
0: Yeah, yeah, right?
1: Like, and they don't do anything to disguise her. Like, they don't like give her any prosthetics or anything. They just give her the the fa- the spray tan and the horrifying blonde hair mm-hmm. that she kind of, you know, it's, it's sideswept. So it's, she kind of hides behind it a little bit. But it was just one of those things where I was like, it was so not apparent that it was her. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then, yeah. And then I, I realized it was her like five minutes it's, in and I was like, holy yeah. shit, that's amazing. What, right. a, what an amazing performance.
0: It, it, it's one, it speaks to Tilda Swinton's ability to disappear into a role, quite literally in this case. Two, I do think it's really, I, I was racking my brain. I was like, I can't remember the last time I saw a movie with Tilda Swinton with long hair. it's just they don't give her very long hair in most things she's in she either has you know a bob like the three thousand years of longing bob or she's you know whatever the ancient one in freaking all the marvel movies and she's bald so yes yeah that and i don't know i think that there's something kind of meta-textually funny about that character where you have she is for the most part playing someone who should be very i mean she works for a magazine hypothetically you know she works for a magazine she's dress you know dressed to be very conventionally attractive you know she is this arbiter of popular culture and yet she's played by tilda swinton who is one of the most weirdo outside of the norm nutso people that we have on this earth Yes, and like yeah and the, yeah and there's just something you know paradoxical about those two things together uh but yeah Elizabeth the biggie works she's she's tall and wayfish and can be very mean can be very mean. That's very true. Yeah. She can make bullets go backwards, which is, you know, always a good thing. Always sick um, as fuck. Oh, I'm super sick. Um, Okay. John Cena, you replaced with Channing Tatum. Oh, I think, th- I think that is, works. Yeah, I think, I that, think works, that works actually really great. I think I imagine, I imagine the, the scene of them in the movie theater and I imagine Channing doing that. And he could, I mean, he could play that. He could play that. Yeah. Joke.
1: Yeah. Um, john cena very 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 good in this he's so fucking funny um th- his whole role i mean the whole scene of them of her telling him to talk to her and just
0: <laughs> i'm gonna pack you full of protein <laughs> i'm gonna pack you full of protein it's, it's it's these two things it's it does remind me of like it, one it does remind me of there's this thing in the peacemaker tv show where like that character john cena is constantly like eating a protein bar or like nuts. Like he always has a snack because they're drawing attention to the fact that like, yeah, you can't maintain that level of like muscle, muscle size without eating constantly. And they kind of use him to the same effect in this thing, just doing the joke about like, yeah, it's weird that you're this big. And two, I do think one thing you lose with it being Channing Tatum is you cannot have him do the joke of, he starts like speaking flawless Mandarin Chinese. Yes. Because that's, you know, that's just Sina.
1: And uh, yeah. Um no yeah so th- really good i i don't think i i don't think there's anything specifically Cena uh, about the performance however other than just like like big meathead guy which i think yeah. Channing Tatum has proven before i mean i think both of them are capable of doing way more than that but like they've both uh, Channing Tatum has proven that he can do it easily
0: yeah it it's interesting because i do think and we're about to talk about him but i think LeBron James is the the sort of athlete turned actor that this film is the most associated with. But like I said it, I remember when we were doing the first half of this episode, looking at John Cena's filmography, this is like the first like movie he's in yeah. like a real actual like you know like Where he other is cast than...
1: as an actor and yeah. it's not a stunt cast of yep. like
0: john cena is in this movie in the fred movie no yeah it's john cena playing a character and yeah it's it's interesting the place that his career has gone we've got a lot of very good wrestlers turned actors nowadays well
1: i said this i said this during um i said this while i was watching it to my roommate uh which is like on the one hand like it makes sense because like to succeed in the world of pro wrestling, you need to, you need to obviously be a good performer and, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And you need to have a very specific look, you know, that's one of the things that helps you, that helps you get remembered. So on the one hand, it makes sense. But on the other hand, I also think that it's very funny that the three most notable professional wrestlers turned actors are just the three most absurdly biggest men on the planet. Yeah. Like, there's not been any just, like, you know, like, of the smaller, like, leaner dudes. It's always the guys who are are built like tanks between the Rock Batista and John Cena. It's like, they're all just juiced out of their fucking mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's weird to think, like, Macho Man Randy Savage as fucking Bonesaw in the first Spider-Man is, like, a a set smaller than those three guys you know like and he's huge he's he's a big dude but like you know compared to freaking batista you know uh um speaking of uh speaking of athletes uh lebron james (laughs) he recast as Marshawn
1: lynch which okay so i I think the most absurd bit in the world because again uh, we, we referenced this a moment ago but yeah In my defense, when I chose that, I was under the impression that we would be replacing the character as well. So I was thinking, oh, let's swap out LeBron James as a character for Marshawn Lynch as a character. I think you took it to be Marshawn Lynch playing LeBron James. Uh, Either way, like, I mean, I mean, it
0: has to be LeBron. Yeah, no, the joke like, doesn't work unless it's LeBron James. The yeah.
1: joke does not work unless no. it's LeBron. I no. mean, you could still have, you would just have to rewrite all of the scenes. Yeah. Because like, because one, I mean, the two funniest LeBron bits in the movie are when he's trying to split the check with Bill Hader mm-hmm. because, because it's like, you are the most handsomely paid man on the planet. Yeah, And you're you're going to quibble over like, you know, I got a scone and a coffee and you got or, and two Cokes or whatever. Yeah. And then the other bit too is uh the like you have to come to Cleveland. You never had trouble finding time visiting me in Miami. What's the difference? It's like, well, come on. <laughs> That's it's Miami. a good joke, yeah. <laughs> Which is a hysterical
0: joke. It's a really um, good joke.
1: But like, I, I mean, like you could you could you could just have him be friends with Marshawn Lynch instead of LeBron James, but you have to rewrite all of the scenes because the bits are very not even like oh, world famous athlete specific. They are very like it yeah. has to be the person who is in contention for the greatest
0: living athlete. Uh, again, to timestamp this, he just broke the all-time scoring record. What three days ago? Uh, I think it was a little longer ago than
1: that. I think it was about Before... like, closer to a week. But yeah. yeah, But yeah, he just became the the all-time highest scoring player.
0: Can in I? Can I? Three. Can I? Can I drop some? some a lot of basketball this you? month. A lot yes. of basketball this month. Yeah. Also, the thing, too, is like all the other real-life athletes you have in this movie are basketball players. Like he, you know, Bill yeah. Hader's character works with basketball players. But let me drop some tea on you. That might, it w- hopefully, will never get us in trouble. Watch this podcast get really big when they, and then this comes back to haunt me. Uh, so I live in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah? A thing, a thing I've mentioned many uh-huh, times. You
1: sure do. Uh,
0: great city. Great city. Um, but <laughs> I work in the service industry in Cleveland, Ohio. And so I have spoken with several people through the grapevine who are at at one time or another have served uh lebron james apparently bad tipper terrible really yeah yep this is a thing i have heard from multiple different people yeah
1: lebron and i know you're
0: listening yeah
1: you are you are like the richest
0: like a a charitable man too a a famously charitable like dude has the money opened a series of charter schools in akron to give back. Under like underprivileged kids, a good guy. Yeah, but, no, I'm not disparaging
1: his character. Just LeBron but, tip. Yeah, I got a tip. What?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Next on the block, you know him, you love him, uh, Barry himself, Bill Hader, uh, which he recasted as Kamal Uh I think that works. Yeah. yeah, I think that works. I think. Yeah. I actually, weirdly enough, I think the thing about that that works even better now is the fact that Kumail is so fucking jacked now yes. kind of makes him play as a sports doctor a little bit more. Like, he's got the thing where he both reads as, like, a guy who is very, very meticulous about his health, but also someone who could believably play as boring as Bill Hader's character is presented to be to make the joke of that work. Yes. I think, I yes. Yeah,
1: so. I think Kumail works. I mean, like, it is a very... I mean, like, Bill Hader is another one of those people, like, very much like Kristen Wiig, um, where, like, they have played both, like, insane people and, like, really, like, ticky character, kind of, like, all these mannerisms that they that they pull off really well, um, yeah. but they also can just play, like, a normal fucking dude. Like, they don't have to always be, like, on, like on doing comedy business 100% of the time. And I think Camille, it's the same way. I think, I I I love Bill Hader and I love watching him work. Um, I don't think there is anything about this role that like specifically needs Bill Hader no. other than just like he was a good guy for the role in
0: 2015. I, I will say too, the thing about Bill Hader that I think really is... I I think I think history is kind of proven is is better for him in the long run is he is not a guy who came out of SNL with like a really definite, like a really definite comedic persona. You know, I think you look at Bill Hader and I don't think that there is as immediate of a joke just to his being as there is for an Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg and Eddie Murphy. Right. Even maybe even maybe a Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, who is I agree with you, a very, you know, Uh, A a very virtuosic and very, you know, round performer, but, you know, someone who has, like, a thing she does, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That being said, Amy Schumer, you were cast as Kristen Wiig. She could do it. Is that... I don't think that that's perfect casting, but, like, could she do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's perfect because, I mean, like... Uh... And maybe we discussed this up top and I just forgot. I didn't realize Amy Schumer wrote the screenplay for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so I mean it is very tailored to her sense of, I mean, I I mentioned it, <laughs> I mentioned it earlier, where like, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of Amy Schumer's humor kind of comes from, you know, it it, it does kind of come from like guys get on stage and talk about their dicks i am going to talk about my vagina and that's feminism baby which i like, go off like i'm not like upset about it like you do you but yeah. like she has a a very particular a very uh, like yeah like a very particular form of crassness That her humor, that that pervades all of her humor in a way that Kristen Wiig doesn't. So -hmm. I think Kristen Wiig could do this script. But like, Amy Schumer is always kind of like, there's always a little bit of like, (laughs) she's the butt of her joke in a way that's like, she's the butt of her own joke in a way that's like frequently pretty mean to herself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which like i don't think is a thing i've ever seen kristen wig do kristen wig frequently if she's the butt of the joke like she's unaware yeah like the character is unaware and kristen wig is not playing it with kind of that like i don't even want to call it a wink but kind of like she's not playing it with that like oh the part of this is that like this character is like kind of sucks it's just like it's just like oh like this character is the butt of the joke of the scene but not because the character is terrible. Not because like I, as the actor kind of hate this character, but like, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting too. And I I had to double check because I was pretty sure this was the case. This, I I think this will kind of bring us into talking more about the movie properly. Um, I I will say congratulations. Very good. Very good game of recast it. You did very well. I think that's probably, that is, I said it, that is the most sane game of recast that you've ever played. (laughs) That is the one where when you
1: fall into the parallel universe, and yeah, it's just like oh, by the way, like in twenty fifteen, Marshawn Lynch became like the star of yeah. the NFL, and so Trainwreck is Kristen Wiig, and uh, um, Kumail Nanjiani, and Marshawn Lynch. When you just fall into that parallel universe, you're like oh, so Ugh. this universe is pretty much like our own. It's just a little different.
0: There is, I, I'm thinking about it because I just saw 80 for Brady last week and there is a dark universe, like a much darker universe than ours, uh, our own where it's this exact movie, but it's Tom Brady instead of LeBron James. Oh
1: yeah, see, that's the curse universe. You fall into the one that where- That universe
0: it's... is terrifying. That yeah. universe is so scary.
1: Yeah, you fall into the universe with this cast and you're kind of like, is that the only change? And you look around and you realize it is. And you're like, okay, fine. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. Pretty, much the, pretty much the same universe. I could make a home here. Yeah, is it is it substantively worse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. Because Tom Brady is a scary, scary man. Um, Okay, so this movie is very funny. I will say you kind of mentioned something that made me think about this. Um, I had to double check because I was pretty sure this was the case. This is the only Judd Apatow directed movie that it does not have a Judd Apatow credit on the screenplay. This is an Amy Schumer screenplay.
1: Yes. Which is very soul weird. Credited given. Screenwriter.
0: soul credited screenwriter. It I will say I think compared to his other movies, it feels very much again, notwithstanding the bubble. We're not talking about the fucking bubble. I haven't seen the bubble. I think our producer Corey is the only the only person in the world who has seen the bubble, <laughs> other than jet apatow yes. Um I think this feels a little bit less in its dialogue and in its like, you know, plot construction, like it's scene to scene editing, like a Jed Apatow movie than other Judd Apatow movies. That is not to say that it does not still have a lot of the hallmarks of Judd's earlier work, my man Judd, but I do think it's a little less Juddy. I think you can tell that this is not a screenplay that he has a a credit on. I agree. I agree.
1: And I think, I mean, other than it just being written by a different person. So obviously um, I think, I mean, I think a big reason for that is like most of Judd Apatow's movies. I mean, they're all about men stuff Mm -hmm. but like they are about like fucking losers like pretty harmless fucking losers yeah and this movie is kind of the opposite it's kind of about a very competent you know successful like successful ish you know just terror of a person (laughs) like maybe terror of a person is is too much but you know it's like it's like she's knowingly shitty yeah like she she knows what she can get away with and she does and also too just it being like i mean just to again the bar is so low but like just it being a kind of like sex comedy in a lot of ways written by a woman about like about like her experience is like very evident in ways that are like not super hitting you over the head with it, but just like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think I agree that she, that there is a lot of that Amy Schumer doing the like, oh, well, hey, if the boys can do it, so can I joke, you know, that that there's a good amount of this in that script. But there's, I think there's a lot of subtle stuff too. I think that, I mean, we already talked about it, but I think every joke with Cena's character I think is a really good example of that of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is from the perspective of a woman who has sex with men. And this is really clearly kind of, you know, taking that apart. Um I mean, similarly, just I, I think it's interesting. I don't think it's like the most thematically rich thing in the world, but I really do think there is something to just the amount of judgment that she gets from other people, you know, especially yeah. in the back half of the movie. Like and I do think that there is something important about Amy Schumer as a performer, the you know, this kind of mixture of of awareness she has of her own condition and her, like, complete inability to want to change any of it that I don't necessarily think another actress could pull off. Because, like, I think of the alternate version of this movie where it is Kristen Wiig. And I, I do think Kristen is a better actor than Amy Schumer is, but I think that Kristen maybe finds the pathos of this character a little bit too much. For yeah. it to be as lighthearted, I think she makes it a bit more actively tragic.
1: Yes, and then like,
0: I, I, I all, yeah, no, sorry, go on, go on.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, I yeah. think that, um, I think Kristen Wiig takes that opening scene with the dad, yeah, and it's like, oh, this like, this changed her in a way, like, like she went through this, like, and she was raised by like this fucking guy, and mm-hmm. because of that, she was molded to be like this. Where Schumer very clearly plays it like. Oh this is how she was brought up and she's fucking choosing to yeah. be like this and i think yep. you're right i think i think a lot of other people do, do take the pathos route and say like this is the tragic backstory this is the, like i don't know if i would go so far as to call it like trauma but like you know this yeah. is the like oh this is the reason she is why she is and like yeah. if you it can all be traced back to here where it's like Schumer is very much playing it like oh yeah my dad taught me this and so like i fucking do it yeah. Instead well, of just like, oh, I was molded that way. Like I, like, like other characters I, or other actors, they feel like would have to have the revelation of like, oh my God, my dad sucked. And she's like, yeah, my dad sucks. And I do everything he fucking says. Yeah. She's my dad. Well,
0: and, I, and I think you could kind of, I think you can reverse engineer that because, you know, I imagine, let's say Amy Schumer writes this script and delivers it onto Kristen Wiig. I think immediately Kristen Wiig opens it, sees that first scene and is like, what a gift for an actor. I have all of, you know, I, I do have that capital T trauma that I'm going to build this character around. This is why she is this way. But like, I can't imagine Amy Schumer is getting a movie directed by Jed Aptow, is in talks, has, you know, as to how much of a script she has written, I don't know. But you sit down Amy Schumer as a comic who has a defined comedic persona and you're going to try and write a movie around that. And I think that probably the process there is, well, you start with the person that Amy Schumer is playing, the exaggerated version of herself that she performs on stage. And then you need to find plot minutiae to like backwards explain that and so you come up with the thing of the dad mm-hmm. um which is why i think a lot of the you know is maybe why a lot of the stuff with the dad to me doesn't hit as well emotionally because i don't think that it's the most naturally integrated thing into that character but it, it also allows this movie to be breezy in a way that it would not be otherwise
1: right and that's the thing this yeah. is like i don't know the stuff with the dad is like I think it's like, yeah, this. I mean, it's like it's her whole speech. It's like, yeah, this guy sucks, but like mm. he's my dad. Like he is a person yeah. that I love, and like, yeah, he sucks. But like, it's not that deep. Yeah, like, yeah, he sucks, and like that's fine. Like people can suck sometimes, you guys, and yeah. like, you know, I don't think that this movie is trying to be like, wow, because like I was cackling at that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Because he's yeah, just like yeah. he's just like what if, like, when he's like when he says the thing about like what if you what if what like what if one of your friends wants to play with a doll and you don't really want to play with the other doll. But if mm-hmm. you don't play with the doll, then like she's just gonna be sitting there by herself and like so you take one for the team because you don't wanna have that doll not get played with like that's so fucking funny. Yeah. And it's like it, yeah, he's a shitty dad. But he's just kind of like whatever about like, it's not mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's just, it's not that deep. Yeah. And like, I, I I do think that like, that's one of the ways this movie does succeed is it is kind of like, you know, she is in a lot of ways just kind of like choosing the path of least resistance. Yeah. As opposed to like, oh, she really, she doesn't really have to overcome anything. You know, she just has to be like, she just has to decide, like, like I care, okay, I do care about some stuff. And yeah. so like, let me care about it and let me do something about it and let me like make things right because I want to. Uh-huh. Much more than it is, you know, much more than it is a you know, a, a situation where it's like, oh, she has to confront, like, some horrible deep-seated, like, traumas or whatever. She just has to yeah. choose to be a better person. And that's yeah. fine. Like, that's a movie. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is very much a movie. It's, it's also the... I, I also... Okay, I kind of imagine the other corollary, too. I imagine the other alternate universe where, like, you're doing the slightly more updated, slightly, like, quote-unquote, more woke, more Gen Z version of this movie that is a little bit more socially aware and a little bit more... Specifically about a feminist critique of this type of character about sex positivity or about, you know, the way the media depicts, uh, you know, men who are loose compared to women who sleep around. And like, I imagine like the Billy Lord version of this, where the central character is a little bit more, a little bit more unaware of herself. Mm -hmm. but also a little bit more uh, probably also a little bit more like less successful and less you know assured in herself as Schumer's character is in this and I don't know I don't think that that's necessarily a bad movie but it also is not a two hour long Judd Apatow comedy yeah you know it's also similarly not nearly as breezy despite maybe being a little bit more outrageous like maybe even a little bit more outrageous than satirical Mm mm-hmm yeah, and, and like, this movie walks that line a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go through the plot a little bit, um, because I will say this is a plot where not a lot happens, but it does go on for, like, two hours and 15 minutes. Yes. Like every Jet Apatow movie. Um, so it starts, we have that scene, as you said, the really good scene where the father's explaining to his, his two girls to young Amy Schumer and uh, young Brie Larson, uh, how monogamy is not gonna work and
1: yeah. is bad and, and is unrealistic. Yeah, and, uh. it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, grows up. Uh, Amy Schumer's character. What is her name? Amy Townsend. Is the name of the character. Yes. Same, same yes. first name. Uh, she is now, you know, what in like her late twenties, early thirties. Mm-hmm. Very well established, but uh, very well established, very successful, but in a bit of a state of arrested development. She's a successful writer, but she's writing for like. It's. I think it's coded as like a slightly trashy men's magazine. It sort of uh, feels like maybe like one step below a GQ, you know? Oh, I think it's several steps below. Several steps below. Maybe like three. Like yeah, maybe a sub. -sub I think it's like. I think this is like a step above Hustler. Like (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe it. It's like it's like this. This magazine is newer than Playboy, but it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, And she's assigned to go write a story on Bill Hader's character, who is a uh, wildly successful sports surgeon and, like, physical therapist. Yes. Uh, And they just start... I mean, the the story with them is, like, so fucking simple. They just, like, meet each other. They're different. They happen to get along. She pursues him and, like is very forward and has sex with him and then it is her every intention to like stop seeing him but oh no no he catches feelings and yes and thus and thus and thus Okay, Um, before we move
1: on um the articles they pitch are so Mm. fucking funny very good like within like within the confines of a comedy movie they're so fucking funny They're, they're they're horrendous things horrendous fucking things to say such as you're not gay. She's just boring. Like that's so fucked up. And like, it, like repugnant. Yeah. Like, it like actually like if I ever saw an article going around that was like that, I would like lose my shit. But like, as a as a line of dialogue in a movie to recreate just the worst things you've ever heard. That's so funny. Just like until it's... the Swinton's just like just like oh, I need you to um do a. I should do a, uh, a story on whether I think it's garlic. Garlic changes the taste. I
0: think it's, of I think it's garlic. I think it's garlic. And, like, and it's how like, would a, I, yeah, how, how would I? I? And she's like, mm, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Implying that she do like a. Like a double blind study, you know, with yes. several people. Um, yeah, and it, it does kind of I, I do think there's kind of the interesting thing there, because there is this thing in culture and it's. It's going away. I feel like this is not, this is, okay, I'll say this thing has metastasized and like retreated online and gotten a billion times worse and like turned into alpha bro Andrew Tate culture. But there is kind of, that we don't really have as much anymore, this like Playboy-esque publication, this thing that is like 100% gross smut, but like if we wrap it in just the like latest veneer of class suddenly everyone takes it seriously like there is this thing about men's culture in this fucking patriarchal society that we live in that like i mean it's the like i read playboy for the articles thing like it's that it's that fucking thing you know that they're making jokes about yeah
1: yeah and like i mean you you kind of took the words right out of my mouth with like well that was just andrew tate because yeah exactly for for like yeah for the longest time like i mean you know you had i mean like i think of fucking and i hate to even reference this on the podcast Mm -hmm. but you have you have your gamer gates where like at least the big people in charge are like trying to cloak it in respectability Mm -hmm. it's like well it's about ethics and games journalism Mm -hmm. and like nowadays they don't even like they don't even try yeah they're just like yeah nowadays it's just like so overtly like horrendous that it's
0: It's this thing on, oh, now this is a bit of a sidetrack, but you know, if that's not what this podcast is about, I will say as a a young man, it is impossible to try and like go on YouTube and be like, I wonder if there's any good style advice on here because the pipeline from like men's style advice to full on incel shit is so quick. It's absurd. And I do think that it has its roots in kind of this... uh, This playboy hustler, GQ is obviously the very, very respectable, like, less openly misogynistic version of that. But, like, there is that thing that, it like, in men's culture that is, like, so gross and so weird. Yes. And I run into it all the time because I'm just like, huh, I wonder how, you know, whatever, how do I fold a pocket square? And then, like, the next suggested video is just fucking, like how to make your jawline look alpha enough that you could attract a <laughs> Stacy? Like it's so, it's absurd. Uh, but so, so yeah. So Amy Townsend, she works for this this fucking magazine. She goes to interview Bill Hader. Um, Bill Hader just doing like perfect, perfect straight man work this whole time. Yeah. And I, I, I do think, I do think as much as like, Le, I, LeBron's good in this movie. Like he's, he's good. i think he is good he has his jokes are well written they're written for him he performs them well i do think a lot of the success of his performance is owed to the fact that they paired him with one of the most like accomplished straight men of all time like they said hey you have you have the the absolute steadfast rock of bill Hader for him to play against yes yeah um they, I also say during all this, you have the like I, I cannot remember the order of events in which most of this happened, but you have you have these parallel narr- narratives where it's she's kind of uh, sleeping with and then falling in love with Bill Hader, and her dad is in the hospital, um, and Pri Larson playing her sister is married to Mike Berbiglia, and they're having a baby. Mike Berbiglia and his terrifying son. No, that son
1: is adorable. <laughs> Come on, Caroline. No. I mean, he's a little, he's a little, he's an odd little duck. (laughs) He's so sweet.
0: Sweet, he is. But like, no, I, I guess, I guess I am relating. I maybe I'm relating. If I was the parent of that child, I would be like, okay. He's a good kid guys, you know, but, but coming at it from like being in uh, Amy's shoes the whole time, you are just, it is that thing of just like, why is this kid talking to me? Like, well, I did not ask to talk to this child.
1: Right. (laughs) I I, I do think that is, I don't know. I, I do think that's something that like, I do think the film actually does kind of well is like, yeah, the kid is like, he's a little off. Mm hmm. But it is that thing where like, there's a very fine line between the movie, and and I feel like this is like another Judd Apatow versus Amy Schumer thing that I think she gets pretty correctly is there's a there's a fine line between the movie bullying the kid and yeah. Amy Schumer bullying the kid. And yeah, I think, I think in a lot of other Judd Apatow movies, like I'm thinking of like Superbad and whatnot, like that movie like lovingly but still very brutally bullies all of those characters and like that movie Mm -hmm. is like these kids fucking these kids are idiots these kids are fucking stupid get a load of this guy where like one of the things that is very clear as a character flaw in amy is that she specifically bullies this little kid yeah and it's like you know uh which is like then because because you get you get to the end with the kid and he's very very sweet and he's very well-meaning and he has done nothing wrong and she kind of looks at him and she's like ah oh, shit like you haven't done anything wrong like buck like <laughs> like I, I i should be nice to you because you have actually done nothing wrong i think that kid is cute as buck he's a fucking weirdo but like
0: yeah. n- nurture him yeah you are indeed a child that is you know true um yeah it's good it's a good kid I, I think just the you know I don't know i don't know. I had forgotten about the kid we got to the kid and I was like oh yeah the kid I was like oh <laughs> there he is love to see Mike Birbiglia always love a Birbiglia yes. popping up yes Brie Larson obviously fantastic this is also the like just barely I, I feel like this is like a year is this the year that Room comes out
1: um that's a good question this is um, like so the, this this is 2015 yeah. and uh-huh. room is room is yeah room is also 2015 so yeah
0: so this is like a year later brie larson is too big to be the fourth female lead in a jet Town movie like yeah by a yeah i mean she's a fucking superhero now you know like way too right. way, but but yeah she's she's great she's killing it um so they keep going forward uh i i do think the the award scene i think is pretty good i i think that is maybe my favorite scene in this whole movie in terms of like its storytelling capacity because the whole like i do kind of think they do a good like i see both sides of these people where it's like amy's wearing this dress that is just just like a little bit too revealing for a very serious work function in which her partner is going to receive an award for his like excellence in the medical field.
1: I don't think that it's I don't think it's that's too revealing. I think it's, well, just, it's
0: not quite it's like not appropriate. It's, I don't it's, think it's, it's inappropriate it's mismatched.
1: It's, it's yeah, it's just yeah. not as formal. Yeah. But like it, I don't know. I didn't I was kind of in the Bill Hader camp where she was like, oh my God, like is this is this bad? And he, he's like, no, it's like actually fine. Like Mm-hmm. is it are you slightly like less dressed up than um than everybody else yeah but like it's fine like you look fine like you look good like just it's not a huge deal um I, and,
0: I, and i'm agreeing i'm just saying i think that is a detail does a really good job of like selling the sort of the like the uncomfortability that she has and they slightly have right. a couple yeah right I, I just think that that works as a really yeah yeah that and the entire scene and then the fight they have afterwards i actually think is pretty elegant yeah. Is the thing where every so often in a jet apatow movie he does like capture a bit of the human experience where you're like oh that's just simple and good you know like he 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 every so often because he's such a fucking albert brooks guy like he pulls a broadcast news every so often in his movies, and and you do kind of have to just like step back and be like, ah, fuck, that I, I was pretty good. That was really, you know, quality. Yeah, yeah. Um. So they have they have a fight after this award show, which um, is a
1: really brutal fight to watch a, because it's, it's a brutal
0: it's, fucking fight. Yeah, because it's
1: just her just very purposefully shooting herself in the foot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and which is which is.
1: Hard to watch. It's yeah, not fun it's,
0: to watch. It's it's her putting herself down and like putting herself in the position because, because I mean, you know, it's it's very spelled out in the movie, but is the things are getting too serious. This is so much farther past the place where I usually go in monogamous relationships. Right. And like, you know, not comfortable enough to be here, wherever the first sign of, oh, this is wrong. This is much like the dress, this is mismatched to the situation that, you know, I am mismatched to the situation that I am in. Time to, like, put myself in a position where I can more easily justify, you know, getting out of this. And just, like, Bill Hader is is not on the offensive for the majority of the fight, but, like, even the... She makes... I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes, but she makes the comment about, like, how many men she's slept with. And he is kind of in disbelief for, like, a second. And, like, it's not... It's not like he's fully shaming her. It's not like he then says another thing that's like, what the fuck? Oh my God. But just like that one moment of, oh shit on his part is enough to really, you know, to have her be like, okay, well, you know, he doesn't right. actually like me. This is all, you know, this is all a mistake. Right. A good and, time to get out.
1: and, 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 and yeah. one thing that like, I think is so obvious and, absolutely the thing that you should do in a movie when you're writing but also is something that like i i i would not be surprised if other movies made this mistake is they never say how many yeah she just says a lot like yeah. a lot a lot mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know what that means to her. Uh, the The older I get, the more I find out that people's definition of a lot
0: really varies wide range. oh, yeah,
1: yeah. like, oh yeah. and because, like I've heard people say like a lot to be like ten. And mm-hmm. I've heard people say a lot to be like a lot more than mm-hmm. ten mm-hmm. and uh, and like the the film is not the film is not interested in putting an exact number on it yeah it's just interested in being like she is kind of uncomfortable revealing this information, and so it doesn't matter what the mm-hmm. actual number is because it isn't about the actual number it's about it's about like her her feelings regarding it yeah. and i and think ha- that's like something small and something yeah. that movies should do but like yeah
0: And like what she thinks he will think of it, yeah. The weight, the weight, which is a lot of her character. It's like her reaction to the weight of what she assumes societal expectation of her lifestyle will be. You know, um. No, I, I've, I've not to be too personally revealing about myself, but I have been in a situation in which I said my number to several people, and one of them, like two people, both like reacted in surprise, and one of them was like oh my God, that's big. And the other one was like, oh my God, that's nothing. And I was like, oh, so truly this is.
1: That's totally that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, um, at the, yeah. Can, okay, do we want to <laughs> do this? Do we want to pull gonna, a train wreck? And do we want they, to say uh, our numbers but have Corey bleep them out so we just get each other's yeah. reaction? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay.
0: Corey, okay. Corey, will okay.
1: the love of God, <laughs> bleep these numbers out. You go first, what's your number? Oh, okay. Only <laughs> only you're only one away from me. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm getting
0: us. I'm, I'm... Ah, nice. Okay, no, cool. Worry for the Look at us. god please bleep
1: this number. Please
0: bleep so much of this out.
1: <laughs> uh, this is a formal experiment. It's uh, commenting on um how trainwreck withholds information is... from the audience to create uh to, to 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 highlight not the factual information but the way the characters feel.
0: Yeah, this is not being salacious. This is art. Yes. Excuse you.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) That's funny. That's really funny. Uh, Wait, and so so somebody, I don't know. And I mean, I only have my own experience to draw from. I feel like it's a very, I feel like we have very normal numbers. And I feel like anybody being stunned at those numbers, like anybody being like, that's not very much at all, but also somebody being like, that's so many.
0: It's the other thing too, where it's any and it, it, hey, it does try tie back to the train wreck, where anytime you say your number and you have somebody react in such a way that it's like they don't think objectively that that's high or low, but they're surprised that it's your number, and you're like, <laughs> and you're like, what are you, what what are you saying about me? Like, you know, uh, it's funny. Okay, so uh, train wreck, you get this, you get the the. Scene with what's their faces, all the... See, this is the... Other than Matthew Broderick, obviously, obviously I'm looking at part of their names. Chris Everett and Mar- Marv Albert, the other, like, newscasters they have in that whole, the joke with LeBron calling Bill Hader's character in and doing that, where I'm just like, I know these people's voices. Yes. I am not a sports fan. I could not tell you who they are. Like, like I get that this is a joke. I understand what's going on here, but I do not have the frame of reference.
1: No, correct. I- yeah. Oh, but that's a um, really really funny scene is a
0: funny and why
1: story. is it okay i have a question yeah whenever movies I, i'm so curious to know the process of doing a movie like this where every other character is a real person like i wonder how many of these people amy schumer like handpicked when she was writing it and how many yeah. of them were just like famous sportscaster famous athlete famous whatever like I wonder, or or if she just picks the person, if she like picked LeBron James and like, okay, we're gonna try to get LeBron, but like we might have to change that.
0: Yeah, because it's like you can like he does the operation on Amare, uh Studemeyer is his last name. Uh and that's like, you know, not a super it's not like the plot hinges on Bill Hader doing surgery on Kyrie Irving, you know? No. It's that that can just be a or even like even the the uncut gem, gems thing, the Jams thing of, you the know, Joms. what's Jams Like it's gotta be, you know, but yeah, LeBron is interesting because that does feel, I do wonder at what point does he get on this movie and like when do you need to write the jokes for it to be right. LeBron? Because I, you are right. It's the thing you said before where like a lot of these jokes are specific to this being LeBron James. You know, you can't just switch out another person. Um, but yeah, so he... Bill Hader. Classic third act. This That is after the funeral, which we already kind of talked about. We have the funeral. She kind of makes things up. She makes amends with Brie Larson. Uh, and then they d- we do briefly need to talk about <laughs> the most... A scene which has not aged well in like five different ways. Which okay. is, is a, a scene that I did laugh at, though. Where Amy Schumer in her depression uh is at a work party and then comes on to ezra miller playing like an intern at the office yes. <laughs> that he's 16 ezra miller's character is 16 years old yeah which is like a crazy thing to happen yeah i i do like i don't know i think if this movie was like because that's like the most blatantly dark offensive joke in this movie i think if this movie was like way more like a black comedy i don't have a problem with that joke it's fine well yeah she doesn't actually have sex with him so you know that's the thing it is it is very jarring i will say anytime i see ezra miller in a movie now it is jarring
1: i see and that then, flash trailer
0: oh i did see the flash trailer it's so weird <laughs> what a weird fucking movie that's gonna be again for so many reasons but like they truly, in the Flash movie, they said, hey, <laughs> you all love Ezra Miller, right? There's two of them. Two of them. Incredible. Um, <sighs> But like, yeah, I mean, I th- I don't know. I do think I'm like, if the joke is just like, oh, Ezra Miller's 19 years old. If the character's 19. Yeah. You, can, you can basically keep the joke the same. And it's yeah. like a little well, bit less scary. And
1: I think to that um how do i want to phrase this um as somebody who has slept with the number of people that Corey bleeped out yes and you know like different people are different this is true like people are just different in that scenario Mm -hmm. i think the scene with ezra miller's character he's like Fucking weird and funny enough because it is absurd. It's a very funny. It is absurd, but I do, I do think. And Kristen, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way because, like, you 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 kind of swing the one direction. Yes, Uh, yes. But if you are involved with people, with enough people, with enough different gender identities, like the Ezra Miller scene is absurd. Yeah, but like there is a great tinge of like, oh shit, he's one of those people like, <laughs> and, uh, and like that character is like, that scene is strong enough and
0: awkward yeah. enough
1: and funny enough and uncomfortable enough that I think it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. And then if the character calls out for mommy. Yeah. Uh, like, she doesn't have to say he's sixteen.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: could just be like, like
0: he lives with his mom.
1: Yeah, he's, he's nineteen
0: like years old. Yeah, or even know? like
1: twenty three. Yeah, like, yeah, or like twenty two, and like still the age difference is a little inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But also like. Oh man, this kid is like such a fucking wimp. Like yeah. such a fucking yeah. little little. Yeah. Uh, like whatever. That like yeah, the character still lives with their mom and, mm-hmm. and and like I think the joke is funny enough that like it's almost maybe funnier because yeah, because because the mom comes in and delivers that he's sixteen and you're just like oh god and, yeah like, you're just like what visceral, you know? mm-hmm. yeah there is a very visceral reaction that you get out of that but then you're my brain instantly went to like oh that's like in a film in a i don't know and like yeah we're supposed to like hate all of her choices but like that's on another level that's That's also like her being just like generally shitty that's her being like and like unintentionally obviously because she's horrified when she finds that out but like unintentionally like that's her being a disgusting fucking person it's
0: like from a screenwriting perspective why would you because uh, uh, you said it at the beginning of this conversation there's a movie about like this character sucks and we don't really like any of her choices but then at the end she grows and changes like i get that this is a basically a relapse scene this is her going back to her old ways but you take a character that we're supposed to like be like gaining interest in someone who are like is slowly bringing us on to their side and then like right before the end of the movie you choose for her to do that and it's like okay well now i like her less like n- now no yeah. maybe she is a little like too fucked up to be with bill Hader, you know yeah um yeah and, and like yeah you can do the 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 scene after which is also funny other than that of the she goes back into the office, and Tilda Swinton's like, "Yeah, actually, you're. I read your thing about fucking what's his name, Doctor, Doctor Bill Hader, and uh, it's actually really good. Like, it's great." And she's like, "Oh, you're going to run my piece?" And she's just like, "No, you're fired!" Like, yeah. you, you, and that joke still works if it's just like, "No, you're fired." You tried to sleep with one of the interns. It yeah. doesn't have to be, you know. Doesn't have to be the. It doesn't have, the have the to be you. Criminally child. tried to sleep with. Yeah, one of the yeah. Interns. It's, it's mm-hmm. not. You're fired and you're going to jail now. Yeah, Yeah, it's, yeah. uh That's like, I do think right after the end of this movie, the cops, like the NYPD storm the building. She gets arrested. They storm Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden to arrest her um yeah so that being said that goes into the final the the final set piece of the movie she gets like a different job she publishes the thing in a different magazine um and
1: vanity fair of all places
0: vanity fair she jumps from whatever the fuck weird ass little magazine to vanity fair and publishes a story about her love of a boring sports surgeon yes very sweet um she does the thing at Madison Square Garden. She has the all but the But I'm dancers. a cheerleader ending. But I'm a cheerleader. It, it, it is. It is a but I'm a cheerleader ending. That is very true. Um, does the dance to uptown girl because that's the song he sings when he does surgery. Yeah, which is a good detail. That is funny. Um, and then they they just get together in a movie. Yeah,
1: they have a, they have a little kiss in a movie. Yeah, and I think that sequence is really indicative of yeah. a lot of the Judd Apatow thing, which is yeah. like. It goes on for too long because all of the jokes individually are pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so they can't bring themselves to cut any of it. Mm-hmm. But like also it's like I was watching it and I was just like, oh, oh like, OK, like way too long. Um, yeah. But again, no individual element of it. I'm like, oh, and that one was that you should have cut that. It's like they're all yep. good. But however, I will say uh, I cackled at the uh at the botched uh sl- trampoline slam dunk yep and when when <laughs> when she's like didn't go in and the later just goes of course not no <laughs> oh honey of course not no it didn't and he's like he's like most people when they hit a trampoline they go up you somehow you yeah. it down <laughs>
0: down <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> But yeah, it's the thing. It's like that scene should have just been that. Like, you didn't. If you don't do the whole dance, you know, that like five minute feeling long sequence. Um, Yeah. yeah. What? What is okay? What is your favorite Jen Apatow movie? Honestly, I would.
1: I probably have to go with Superbad. Right. He is. He did not direct Superbad. He didn't. That is an Adam McKay movie. Oh damn. Um, but he. He produced it and
0: all that stuff. He did produce Super Bad. Now I'm looking, at it. yeah, he did Super okay. Bad. He produced, he produced um, all those Adam McKay movies too.
1: Yeah. Let me see. My favorite Judd Apatow movie.
0: He is the director of 40-year-old Virgin, Knocked Up, Funny People, This Is 40, Train Wreck, King of Staten Island. And then some movie called The Bubble. I'm just seeing now. It says it came out last year. <laughs> that that can't be right. I think.
1: Oh man, I mean, I haven't seen it in multiple, 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 multiple years, but I feel like it's got to be the 40 year old virgin, right?
0: Yeah. I'm a weirdo. I maybe go with funny people. I've always had a weird soft spot for funny people.
1: Mm, I've never, I've actually never seen funny people or King of Staten Island
0: king of staten island is pretty good it's very solid It it is the exact i mean it's the thing we're talking about it has the exact same problem as this movie where it's like it just doesn't need to be two hours and 20 minutes long yeah. there is a would you believe me if i told you there is an end of second act basically 20 i think it's like 15 20 minute segment in king of staten island that revolves around a botched robbery in which one of pete davidson's friends goes to prison and then this is like not brought up again for the rest of the movie it like briefly turns into fucking train spotting and then like goes back to being a jet apatow movie that um, that tracks that tracks. yeah because
1: wow yeah because i mean like he's so aff- he's so affiliated with so many of the movies he produced between i've always thought of super as as an apatow even though he didn't I, direct it yeah I've also, all of those all of those and i mean like forgetting sarah marshall too which like is again a movie that's maybe a little too long and a film that is flawed, but a film that is also just lovely and wonderful. Yeah. Um and very funny.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is the producer of Anchorman, which I do Anchorman to holiday Nights.
1: That's yeah, those are the Adam McKay Step ones. Stepbrothers Step or the Adam
0: McKay ones. But like, yeah, I mean, this is the thing about Jed Apt House. He's just the most even not the movies that he directly directed which I think weirdly are a lot of the weaker movies in his resume. I agree. Like I agree. his, his influence. And like, he's a guy that like just about everybody I've heard that he has produced a movie or a TV show for is always talked about with such reverence. Like he always has a hand in the shit that he produces. Like he is, he's is so firmly ascended to like that level of like guy who is A little bit you know a a bit of a mentor to just about everybody else that's coming below him but like you know he's in he's produced all the adam mckay movies he did fucking i mean obviously uh freaks and geeks and like crashing and love both very underappreciated tv Mm -hmm. shows i think and like i i i've talked about in this podcast i just rewatched all of girls uh a tv show which i think is kind of at its best when it feels the most like a jet apatow movie yeah um wanderlust anchorman pop star never Stop stopping the big sick just bros this last year he's main producer on bros and like yeah and, and he's a guy and to that point too i do think obviously he's also talked about as a guy who generally seems to use his cachet to get shit made for people that you know yeah people that might not otherwise have that like it's hard to want like it's hard to wonder do we get this billy eichner all queer produced and acted rom-com, if not for like Judd Apatow being Judd fucking Apatow and having the name recognition and the power in Hollywood to get that shit produced. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. So, Trainwreck, pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, like I, I said, I laughed a lot.
0: Pretty good, laughed a lot, weird to watch given- what amy schumer is now to the culture i am uh, if she's in a super bowl ad i'm fascinated yeah i'm fascinated to see where she's going
1: yeah and i was watching it at a bar and the sound was off and the music was on so i don't know what the ad was for but i did start yelling she's back she's back (laughs) because she's back not 24 hours earlier were we trying to figure out like what happened to her again like where did she go she just sucks
0: very weird because i was saying the exact same thing about Rihanna like 10 minutes earlier
1: yeah but that one was a choice
0: yeah well yeah yeah but she's, she's, but she, back. Was back. she's but back. she was back she's yeah. back right. she's back
1: ah okay hey, you see that halftime show i sure did pretty
0: fucking good pretty fucking, pretty fucking good. good yeah pretty crazy. Oh. oh yeah um well any other thoughts about train wreck i think at the point we're talking about rihanna i think that's <laughs> yeah no um honestly very
1: fun movie yeah super watchable is totally when i would like i can see myself like just throwing on at some point or like yeah. if a friend is watching it like sitting down and just being like, oh yeah train wreck i know the scene but uh mm-hmm. yeah i mean nothing nothing groundbreakingly earth shatteringly amazing but um very fun and an enjoyable watch
0: yeah um you heard it here first folks Maud apatow nepo baby uh she got got. We're canceling her. Um, yeah. Watch this on TikTok. Ayo. Pretty good. Got him. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cora, would you like to tell the lovely folks at home where they can find more of this podcast. Absolutely. If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at H-H-Y-N-S pod. Special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com hhynspod pod. Caroline, love month is over. My reign of terror finally done. Uh, I am complete of doing all the programming for a month on this show. Aren't you so excited to get to choose a film next week? I am so excited to choose bad. a film. Too fucking to- <laughs> bad.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I'm so excited to choose a film in Two weeks for the first yeah. time in 2023. Um, because, but next month, you know, Love Month is officially over, but here mm. on the podcast, we love love. And just because it is March does not mean we can't do films that vaguely surround love. Yeah. That have love there's, in there, them. There's a lot in are, this movie, I would say. That are related very closely to films that are very much about love. mm and this that kind of come uh, uh, from a from a from re- reconsidering part of a project about love. This is so cryptic and esoteric, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about.
0: You know, just like the work of this director, honestly.
1: Yes, fair. <laughs> yeah. um, next week, Carson, you already know what we're doing. Yes. Um, but we have a very special guest coming on the show next week. We will be welcoming J.J. Bursch. If you are not familiar with J.J. Bush, he is the researcher over at uh, the wonderful podcast, Blank Check. He is also a noted fan of the work of uh, a little director known as Wong Kar Wai. And J.J. Uh, is going to be coming on the pod to almost, almost, almost round out his, uh, his entire filmography. Uh, we are going to be talking next week, Wong Kar Wai's wonderful, amazing, interesting little film, Fallen Angels. Hell yeah! I love Fallen Angels. <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you guys so, so, so much for joining us. Uh, we will see all of you and JJ next week when we talk Wong Wise Fallen Angels.